Can you hear me? Saturday, y'all. What are y'all up to? It's raining, it's pouring, and we're going to be talking about Palestine today. Hello, CJ here, and this is the sound of black and brown, and there's a lot happening. I mean, I don't know if you're watching, um, you know, if you haven't, you need to. This is an attack on humanity. We have been frequently discussing this matter because there's a lot here that, you know, black and brown people can definitely relate to. As it stands right now, Gaza is like an open air prison. Could you imagine living somewhere where you're close enough to actually take video of missiles and bombs falling on your community. I I can't even begin to imagine that. Like, I don't know if I would feel at ease. I don't know what kind of life I've had. And I don't know why <clears throat> we're so okay with watching these people suffer. You know, in my, it is my opinion that American culture has a fascination with watching oppression. It's amazing to them. It's like TV, right? Because some people, you know, and I'm trying not to get too whatever, you know, but it's hard not to get mad about this because there are people who are glorifying this attack on Palestine. I came across a video recently where um, this was of the protest that happened in New York. And a couple of the pro-Israel people who showed up, they were really standing there saying, yes, bomb this bitch down to the ground, like kill these people, right? Like this is being described as an ethnic cleansing. So before I begin to rant, which I will, Amy, are you all set? You think you could take the mic now and share some thoughts? Yeah, I'm here. Can you hear me okay? I can hear you great. You're doing good. So as a white person, because <laughs> If you are, it's your favorite thing, what should white people do, right? I mean, I'm trying to laugh. You and I were talking about this earlier. The videos are out there. In your yeah. perspective, how are you right now? Yeah, um, so I, what's confusing to me about this and about America's response, um, and this is something we were talking about too, is like, if if the United States, um, was fighting with Puerto Rico and if the United States uh, I, and this happened where Puerto Ricans took boats over and attacked the mainland and you know the United States went over I, I read a book about this and the United States went over and started imprisoning anyone they thought was involved in this revolt <clears throat> and how we handled it and I was so disgusted and still am by the U.S.'s response to that because I didn't understand why we didn't understand that a country that we had taken everything from and made them ours that we occupied, um, why we didn't understand that there was pushback to that. Palestine has been occupied for 75 years um, and the violence in the West Bank, especially with settlers, has been increasing. I mean, the videos have been out there. We've seen the violence against Palestinians. We've seen kids being killed. We've seen caskets and um, burials being disrupted. Um, and this is the military doing this. This is not Israeli people doing this. Well, I guess the mili military is Israeli people, but I want to separate the government from the population. Um, and so we're talking about um, government attacking the government that it's occupying that has no army. So we have a standing army attacking and occupied people. And to me, that just, it sets off every red flag. Yet a lot of people in the circles I'm in 
seem to not feel that way. Seem to. I was just about to ask you that. I'm glad that you brought that up, Amy, because yeah, I wanted to know as someone who feels the way you do. What What are the conversation? Can you give us an idea? What are white people? Oh, just well, that's yeah. So I'm seeing a total conflation of Palestinian people and Hamas. Um. There is no standing army. There is no, um, you know, this wasn't something that that the people like elected to do or elected people to go and do, you know. And yes, Hamas is the government, but Hamas is the government the same way that Trump was our government. Um, and Hamas did not come from nowhere. Hamas is the right wing. Um, and just... So there's that conflation, right? And because there's that conflation, then the idea that 1.1 million people, where the number is roughly 50% children, and most of the children are under the age of 13, need to evacuate. Um, And I forgot how many miles it was. Is it a 50-mile trek or something like that? Um, Because it's already a ridiculously small, the Gaza Strip is already a ridiculously small piece of land. But telling Palestinians that they have to evacuate the north, because very clearly they are going to level it this weekend, just completely level it. Um, And I'm I'm not a believer in... um, collective punishment. Um, like there's a bunch of things that I feel like are, are what are human humanitarian beliefs that I'm seeing people that I've known or thought to be humanitarian that just don't see this. And I, I, I'm not sure what the big disconnect is, except for the fact that there is a fear among Jewish people caused by obviously hundreds of years of persecution, I could probably say thousands of years, right, of persecution. Um, And so there's that fear that's being tapped into, right? Um, But in this case, I really feel like the Israeli people are not the ones in danger. It's the Palestinian people who are without food, without water. The, The water was shut off. The water was shut off by an occupying country in the like I just I just don't understand that and I just don't understand um, the settlements and stuff in the West Bank but I've also read quite a few books by people who are Israeli and talk about these things and I understand that my government does some really shitty fucked up things and I feel like that's how these books have reflected some of the things that the Israeli government has done, you know? So I just don't think that I understand why there is not more support for the Palestinian people um, or why any, any, any feelings of caring or um, concern for Palestinian people is seen as being, anti-Jewish specifically well you know like so um, let me jump in there so I understand it because I have to experience it it's called fascism it's called white supremacy it's called privilege that's what that is so what you're seeing is people showing themselves that's my opinion Manny what you thinking over there about how white people in particular are reacting right now. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I definitely have to point out, you know, um, the, the recent just uptick and surge um, and, and calls to violence, right, that, I, that I've been seeing uh, not just you know nationwide, but globally. Um, you know that are happening even in other countries, uh, and it's it's the most discouraging 
disheartening. Um, it, it's 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 horrible. I mean, honestly, honestly, it is a horrible sight to witness um, how there are people literally yelling at the top of their lungs and calls to commit more violence, um, you know, in these other countries, right? They're not talking about just committing violence, uh, you know, uh, in Gaza and, and Israel. So no, they're talking about places like France, like the United States, right? Like England, I mean, other countries, right? And so it's, to me, I mean, it's like, sending chills down my spine every time I, I see it because I'm seeing the very same passion, right? That you, that, that I've witnessed, right? The white supremacists here in the United States uh, use when, when they're screaming at the top of their lungs, right? advocating for violence and saying the most uh, atrocious things and, and 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 this is what i'm seeing again right you're seeing the i mean red in the face you know veins bulging out right i mean just absolutely irate with with this like just anger this absolute anger coming from them and, and just advocating for more and more violence, right? It is the most terrible thing to see. And, you know, I mean, I, I can't, I can't sit here and say that, you know, witnessing this, right? Witnessing how we are having this spread Right, like I said, it's an international spread of these calls for violence. Right, um, I can't say that it's it's not something that is scary, right? Because it is, right? It's scary to see how invested, how much conviction, you know, that these groups have. Um, and how far they're willing to go, right? To commit violence in other countries just to prove their point. Um, yeah, I, I mean, it's it's truly, it's a sight to behold, um, but one that just strikes fear. It really is. I mean, for me, what I'm seeing white people doing is taking advantage of a situation where they could exercise their anger and hatred freely and justify it. Because the videos I saw of some of the commentaries at some of these protests for the pro-Israel supporters was quite frankly disgusting. You know, watching people say that they're okay with children dying and that they want to see Gaza be like a landing strip, that's disgusting. That's not something you should be proud about saying. Right. And to go back to Amy's point, I could only imagine being in a room with your peers, Amy, and or not even maybe like an online conversation as well, and listening to them justify this inhumanity. Because in my opinion, an attack on Palestine is an attack on humanity. You know, so are there times when you find that these conversations, Amy, do they just like erupt? Like, how is this happening? How do you end up in these spaces? Or is it because of like Facebook posts? Could you tell? Yeah. Um, so as you know, I have really no social life whatsoever. So I, <laughs> most of my interactions are online, but um, I've mostly been listening because um, I do have a lot of Jewish friends. So I want to hear their thoughts and how they feel. Um, and there are some that have been very clear about um, the difference between Hamas and Palestinian people that are, you know, in the Gaza Strip. Um, and then there are some that are very focused on 
um, only the Israeli citizens and and seeing Hamas as being greater than Palestine, so being um, the greater Arab um, nation. But I have not seen Jordan or um, Iran or Iraq talking about backing or sending people in. And I don't, I don't know that they have. I don't know that they, they have had support. I do think that some of the things that have happened I mean, with Hamas, I don't know where the heck they've been trained. Um, but some of the things that I heard about or read about, whatever, sounded vaguely familiar um, to stuff that I had read um, about um, uh, like going back um, and it was before ISIS, um, but the same kind of like training tactic. But uh, I, I just feel like the idea that Israel is up against a superpower is not the case. And, um, you know, that's what I feel like some people are, are really feeling um, is that, that the Israeli people are in a lot of danger. And we really don't, I, I mean, we don't know how much Hamas has. I don't, See them having much more power than than they've exhibited already, um, and being able to pull off anything else major. I think one thing that I'm not hearing discussed as much is the fact that there have been um, hacking attacks, um, and that that had something to do with the Iron Dome um, and uh, being able to get through the Iron Dome. So those pieces um, are new in this uh, Palestinian and, and Israeli um, battle. And that may be the only place that Hamas may have a leg up. But otherwise, again, we're talking standing army versus citizens and where the citizenry is 50% um, um, children. So yeah, I'm just seeing it like an array of, of conversation. I have not participated because, again, I am not Jewish, so I don't feel like I have a place to tell someone who is Jewish how they should feel. Um, but uh, I do tend to, I, I actually have blocked a few people because I, I'm just like so shocked by the violence that they're promoting. Um, the dehumanization of Palestinian people. Um, but I think that all of the things that have been happening over, you know, they've been, so is, Israel's occupied um, Palestine for about, about 75 years now. And if you haven't read about the Balfour Accord, look that up and read that and read about how um, Israel began as an idea because uh, England was like, well, we don't want Jewish people coming here. And America was like, well, we don't want them here either. So what are we going to do? And it's like, well, let's give them this land. Um, and of course, they, you know, they have roots there and history there. And but the idea that we created the country, just like we, we did with Liberia, um, creating a country because it's like, we don't want them here. Um, and so I just feel like that history needs to be considered. The Nakba, the, the first displacement of over 500,000 Palestinian people needs to be considered. Read The Lemon Tree. Um, that was such a good book. And it talks about a house that was lived in by a Palestinian family that um, was um, chased out in the Nakba and um, then an Israeli family that comes from, uh, uh, did they come from a camp? Um, they were fleeing um, and, you know, they have a, had a young child too. And so it was about these two families in this one house. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I feel like this all began as being a, uh, you know, keeping America white, keeping England white um, and Catholic, 
and um, forcing people into a region, helping create conflict between them, and then superfunding one side and ignoring um, some of the atrocities over the last few decades that have happened in the West Bank um, and Gaza, but especially, I mean, look at the way the West Bank has shrank and because of settlers and, and checkpoints. And um, it's exactly, exactly what we did, exactly what we did with the land here with indigenous people. It's exactly how we took the land from them. Oh, y'all didn't just take stuff from them, Amy. Hold that thought because <laughs> I want to hold that th hold on to that thought right there for me for a second. I want to yep. chime in three fifths, right? Three fifths. I asked a question before, and now that you're on live, what, if anything, does fascism have to do with what's happening in Palestine? Any well, fascism is usually against the people that oppress people, but this. See the thing, the thing, the thing we should ask here is, why is the U.S. government not escalating this this this, this problem, but they're sending weapons and, and, and aircraft targets? That's a great question. That's a great question because we have people here who are starving. They're houseless. They're jobless. I mean, I could think of a few people who could use, um, you know, some assistance. You know, probably people right now, myself included. Let me say this also. Amy is, Amy's right. See, there people that the media doesn't cover. You have Jewish people within Israel who are for the Palestinian people. There's a place they're called Jewish Voices for Peace. And if you read it, and they even have Orthodox Jews that don't like what's going on with Israel and stuff when it comes to, to, to Hamas. Yeah, remember, these so called terrorist organizations, they are offshoots of the CIA. If you go further back, Hamas, some of the people were trained right here in the United States. I don't know if Amy's familiar. There's a school, I call it a school of the assassins, but it's called the school of, uh, what you call it? It's in, in Benning, Georgia, uh, where they train military people. They train people like Noriega from uh, uh, Nicaragua and stuff. The School of the Americas. I don't know if she's familiar with that, but that that's that's what the problem is. Fascism is, is, is just eradicating, and take, it's, it's just taking over. That's the, that's the new thing on the planet. Believe it or not, the only one that's not going to be affected by fascism is China. See, China is the sleeping giant. What China's doing now, they're just sitting back and watching. And as they as, as this goes on, we fight. But I'm pissed at the US, United States, though. What happened to the escalation? What happened to the peace talks? Automatically, you just send aircraft carriers and weapons. And don't forget, we give Israel money. Every year out of our budget. They get money from it. Yes, I'm glad you brought that up because you have to follow the money. Money wins wars. You know, Biden has been crit criticized heavily for his response. And then you have Trump chiming in. So that leads into the next part of this. How do you all feel? I want to start with Manny on this one. I'm curious to hear, Manny, your thoughts on this. How do you feel about the Republican support? So, I mean, you know, we see, <laughs> we see, or rather, I'll, I'll keep it more personal. I've seen uh, the response from Republicans here in the United States. It reminds me of when uh, the Russian-Ukraine conflict first started, right? Um, and how we saw... Uh, a very similar response um, of, you know, labeling, um, you know, the opposition, right, the opposing side as terrorists and as, you know, uh, um, savages and monsters, right, and, and murderers who kill without remorse, right? I mean, it, it's this narrative that gets placed, um so that anyone who subscribes to the narrative, you know, I mean, without hesitation, solely regards, um, you know, the, the, the party in, or the, the side in question, right, as these, you know, soulless, um, 
you know, beings who are just murdering everyone. Um, and, and, you know, again, back, I remember back when, you know, the, the war started in Russia and Ukraine, right? That they, I mean, they wasted no time and, you know, going ahead and saying, oh, well, you know, Harry, these people are bad and then look what they're doing. And, and then now saying, uh, you know, then when, when, finances came in right and and we all know how republicans and conservatives just love love talking about finances right and, and how much we're spending um or not spending whatever they want to make their argument of you know now we're also seeing that um as, as well so you know they have a, a very um i'll say it's it's a very general way to respond to these types of things because it doesn't really change you know regardless of the conflict regardless of who is fighting who they usually keep the same response of just providing this really really uh stark really um just negative narrative on whoever they deem to not be in the right you know and that's what we're seeing that's an interesting perspective. Three-fifths, what do you think? How do you feel about the Republican role in all of this? Well, I'll be very honest. Both parties are involved in this. <laughs> you take a look at it. <laughs> you both, both parties are involved with this. If, when, if you notice something when candidates run for office, the first thing they do is go to APOC. Is there, is there any lobbyists here? And, and, and please, why they should be elected as president? You ever notice that? And right. I just piggyback on something that Amy said, which is very important about the bulldozers. She's 100% correct. There was a young lady by the name of Rachel Corley who came from the U.S. and stood with the Palestinians. They were going to take this, these poor people's house. And she stood in front of the bulldozers. They ran right over her. USA did nothing to help her. And I know because when I was doing, uh, I, I was, uh, doing radio WNYC, it, the, the guy talked about it, one, one of the... Uh, <clears throat> I had a program about it, and it, it was just sad. They did nothing. Both both parties are involved with this. Like I said, Biden, you have a Democratic president. Why are you not trying to de-escalate this instead of sending weapons well, and money? You don't, listen, you're not wrong at all, right? When I'm thinking about the Republican support, I'm thinking about what just played out right here in New Haven in front of City Hall where they were pro-Palestine supporters, and then you had these folks who came pro-Israel. And, you know, we had a Republican candidate standing with them. And I found that to be interesting, right? But you're absolutely correct, because it's not just them. It's both of them. I mean, why isn't anybody trying to de-escalate? I mean, this is, to me, this is about privilege. It's a privilege fight. Like, who going... See? So, you know, that's some shit. Amy, what do you think about all of that? Um, so, I think the thing with the Republicans right now is that the Israeli government is controlled by their super right wing. Like, their Trump are in charge right now. Um, and I know that their left side does not agree with their right side, just like here. Um, and that their right side is just as cray as our, ours is. Um, but so I think that the Republicans are really in tune with the pro-military, um, the uh, nationalistic, um, you know, policy of the right wing, and they're really connecting to that. Uh, but I also think that on this side, um, that among the Jewish population, there is a sect, and a, not a large sect, but there is a sect that is just pro-Israel no matter what. Um, and they are very influential in um, politics. So that's where more of the Democratic, uh, the pressure on the Democratic side not to comment, not to um, say anything. I mean, when Biden said that about the photos, 
I was shocked because I was like, wait, I thought that wasn't true. Um, and then Biden says that he saw the photos. So that just shows how like this misinformation campaign by the right wing of the Israeli government and military is influencing things that our president is saying. Um, and that makes me nervous. Um, but yeah, I think that the right wing loves the right wing and that's, you know, what's attracting them so much to uh, Israel. Well, you know, they're going to love a I mean, war because let's, let's be real here. If they get their way and they get a war, those with privilege will win because it means that who's going to get drafted? Who's going to have to come back and figure it out? Right? Who's going to end up wanting to get drafted because they have no way to fucking survive right now? See, those are the things coming to my mind. Three Fifths, I want to ask you a question. Well, because what I mean by that is that it's going to be the black and brown people. Those men are going to get drafted. If there's a war tomorrow morning, right? This is a good way to do some cleansing of privilege right here in the United States. Open up that draft. Let's not forget what happened last time, right? We have a lot of black and brown veterans walking around right now who've never had their trauma dealt with. They're not allowed to talk about that. You know, they don't get the recognition. It's a lot that happens with that, right? Right now, this country, like Three Fifths pointed out, on both sides, they're pushing for war. That's what I see happening, right? I see a push for war. I see, you know, here's this country that for too long, I mean, my God, this is an open air prison. What the fuck? The fact that I have footage taken from a window of a fucking missile, bombs hitting, buildings falling, people, rubble, all of that. This is live footage from civilians. The fact that the news reporters, the journalists are getting killed. And like Three Fifths pointed out, you don't hear anybody saying, let's come out and de-escalate. Where's that conversation at? In saying that, what I wanted to say to Three Fifths to start it off with him, why is the West done playing the support of Palestine from the rest of the world particularly Latin America, three-fifths? Well, that's a good question. <clears throat> I, uh, I'll just say this, like you said. Colonialism, control. You have to understand, understand, what is the symbol of the United States? It's an eagle, and an eagle is what? A bird of prey. You're 100% right. They want, they want, they, they want a war. I have a calendar since you, I'm on my computer now, brought it up. We haven't had a solid war. I'm not talking about Iraq and Iran. A real solid war since Vietnam. So we're about, we're about, we're about due. And the United States is going to get dragged in this. And don't forget, we still are going to get dragged into Ukraine. We have two, 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 two things going. That's absolutely right. And Russia is coming out. Russia is coming out and voicing its support. So it's a lot happening here. And, and I love that you brought that point up. Not just any war, like a war war, some shit. That's what I'm, I'm explain, trying to explain to Amy. And who's going to be drafted first? They're going to run up in these high schools, and who they going to look for? I'm of, the, I'm, of the, I'm of the Vietnam era, and it was, it was, we call it the poverty draft. But if you go around, let's go to Southern. See how much young people you have in the National Guard. Right in Southern. You ain't got too many at UNH, but you got some in Southern, a whole lot of Southern National Guard people. Look at ROTC and Hillhouse. Get them, get them young when they can. Yeah. That's right. Manny, I'm curious to hear what you're thinking. Gen Z, how do you feel about a possible? Yeah, no. Um, it, it's... Um... <laughs> it's becoming a a thought that you know not only <sighs> it is something we're hoping to avoid right because uh the thing about 
Gen Z, as, as I've observed uh, in the most recent years. And, and I mean, uh, specifically between 2019 to, to present day, you know, 2023, um, is, you know, the advocacy for, you know, things that would very much prevent a lot of, you know, war and violence and militarization, um, whether domestically or, or overseas, right? Um, so, you know, to think of a possible war, right? I, I, I like what Three Fifths said, right? Uh, not something like Iraq or not like a, like a like an actual, you know, <laughs> uh, a war. Yeah, like World know, War II uh, shit. Like we're not talking uh, about. You know, we're talking about world. That's where my mindset is at. I'm talking right. World War Two, and I'm, my mindset is where our soldiers, our black and brown soldiers, came back and they didn't even get to heal, and then you had Vietnam. Right. So you know, so a re, uh, uh, a scenario where uh, you know a, a World War Three. I mean, it's just as an example, right? Uh, could be a reality. I mean, it's it's a harrowing thought. You know, and and for my generation, right? Again, we've we've done so much, you know, and being outspoken, and you know, holding these protests and rallies, and and going on social media, like doing a lot of you know different things, uh, you know, to promote unity, to promote peace, to promote you know advancement. Right and solutions and alternatives. Right, we've we've done a lot, you know, and since twenty nineteen. Uh, I mean, even before, but you know, again, being specific in recent years, um, it's like you know we we're really grasping at straws. It seems um, to do everything we can to prevent, you know, the likelihood of having to enter a war you know and um now that we see i mean the russia ukraine you know convoy and the israel palestine economy it's like you have these wars that are starting up and the u.s is having stakes you know in each and as tensions grow and as time goes on and things get uh more and more violent that thought that scenario becomes much more realistic and that's that's what's scary right because that is very friggin' scary like i'm listening to you describe that shit and i want to know is anyone worried about getting drafted oh absolutely i i mean i was in fact i was um i was talking to one of my friends um he doesn't live in New Haven. It's a different city uh, in Connecticut. Uh, but he's from New Haven. And, you know, we were talking, and, and we were talking about, um, you know, the wars going on over there. Uh, and he, he brought up a thought to me. He was like, Manny, he was like, I just realized something. I was like, what's up? He says, if the United States decides it wants to, you know, go full full throttle into these wars, and there's a draft. He's like, I'm I'm getting sent away. He's like, you know, I, I'm I'll get drafted immediately. He says, and and I, I don't want to do that. He says, you know, I don't. And how old is your friend? Just for those tuning in, how old is this person? Nineteen. And is he? Where's he like? Is he black, Puerto Rican? Black, yeah. Mm. Yeah, and, and you know. So, see, the his, conversations are already starting, right? Absolutely, absolutely, they're starting. You know, and he's, uh, you know, I mean, his aspirations, you know, here in the country, I mean, is nothing remotely close to violence and war and. Uh, anything you know of that nature, right? It's the complete opposite. Um, 
you know, he, he's, he's not a person for war. He's not a person for conflict. So to think, you know, for him, to, that thought for him of getting drafted and just getting thrown into the middle of a war, it, it is the most nightmarish reality possible. That's insane. Three-fifths, what do you think hearing that, that Gen Z is already talking about getting drafted? Yeah, I know. Amy, what are you thinking over there? How do you feel hearing that? What should white people... Yeah, um, so I missed that last part. I couldn't really hear it, but I, I think what I was hearing... I, number one, I'm not, I don't think that they would do a draft because I don't think unless uh, more Republicans were in office um, and they had control of the House and the Senate, I don't think a draft would, even then, I don't think it would because um, they're so successful in uh, recruiting people, uh, black and brown people and poor white people from, um, so they get to kind of choose which neighborhoods to recruit from. Um, and that seems to have worked well for them over the last 40 years, you know. Uh, but as far as war, I don't see us getting involved in anything in the, in with how, I mean, I I'm, I wouldn't even consider that a war because one side doesn't even have an army. So I don't necessarily see us getting involved. I wish we would to de-escalate, and I wish that de-escalation meant um, getting the settlements out of the West Bank. Um, but um, I, I don't see a war there. But Trump and the Florida dude, whose name escapes me on purpose, uh, uh, oh shit. Um, DeSantis. Whoever the Florida dude is. Thank you, thank you. Sorry. Yeah, DeSantis. Both of them have made mention of fighting the border, the Mexican border. And I honestly believe that one or both of them would be dumb enough to do something like that. Um, I actually would see, can see that happening before anything else. Um, and that would be different because, I mean, it's our own fucking border. I, I don't know. I just, that is a huge, you don't see it happening, huh? That, you really don't. I, I, I gotta disagree with you. I, I really do think, the, I think that because of, as three fifths pointed out, it's not just a Republican, you know, um, it's not just the Republican party, not defending or trying to de-escalate what's happening. It's also the Democratic Party, right? And that's pretty concerning. And it's so concerning what would we because... Do? We, would go, we would send troops over to fight with Listen, why wouldn't we? Citizens? Why were we? Why were we everywhere else? Why were we yeah, everywhere else? No why did army. we have to do that? Okay, but that's what we're saying. Listen to what Manny just said. Manny just explained. The Gen Z folk, the black and brown Gen Z folk, they're already talking about the possibility of getting drafted. This thing is real to a lot of people. And and that doesn't mean that what you're talking about is impossible because there's also mixed views on the border. I mean, again, the backbone of it all is greed. Money wins wars, right? Fascism is increasingly dangerous. It was already dangerous, but it's just growing in size. And this is all part of that right? You already have this problem of the West trying to downplay Latin America's support for Palestine. That's very, very interesting. Why them in particular, right? And I'll tell you why. Viva Fidel. That's all I'll say, okay? We've had the Colombian president come out in support of Palestine, Venezuela, Cuba. I mean, I could go down the line. Latin America is standing hard with Palestine, including Puerto Rico. 
That's very telling, right? So for me to see that, yeah, the border thing is happening, but that will have a clapback that will have a ramification that wouldn't have as much support as if they went behind this other thing. I mean, why the fuck do we care about Ukraine? We have shit going on right here. Bottom line. What are you thinking? Well, to answer her question, there are countries, you got to remember, there are countries that support Hamas, Afghanistan, Algiers, Iran. In fact, Iran gives money, Sudan, Turkey. They, they support what's going on in the, with the, the Palestinian people. So who's to say that they don't join forces? This is going. This is going to get ugly. This is going to get. It's. 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 Like I said, I agree with, with Amy on one thing. We have to de-escalate this. That that, and it can be de-escalated. It can be de-escalated. And and another thing too about Israel, they have apartheid in their constitution to deal with Palestine. It's in there. You look at how South Africa is segregation. Things separate. It's, it's apartheid. I went to South Africa in 1976. Three months after the Suedo uprising. The city college. My grandmother paid for the ticket. I was lucky. The minute we got in South Africa, the police were there. And they said, oh, you're American Tepper. I guess you'll enjoy staying in the country. I said, I should hope so. So when I went out, the guy, the, the guy that was there, he said, you know what he just called you? I said, no. He said, Tepper's your equivalent to N-word in America. And then I saw certain things that I could see. I could see how the system was working, the apartheid. It was terrible. It was terrible. What? And in Soweto, where was the United States at when those children got killed? That's when the kids didn't want to learn Afrikaner. There were children killed in Soweto, the Soweto uprising. This is the thing, right? That's why I said before, America loves the violence. It loves this ethnic cleansing. Like, this is what's being this. This is how the situation in Gaza is being described. Imagine that. Imagine your faith being described. Right now, they gave these people literally 15 minutes to fucking leave. It's impossible what they asked them to do. Did you know that planes flew over, Israeli planes flew over Gaza, throwing out flyers, telling them to flee, get out, get out. Where are they supposed to go? It's not like they could go around the corner. It's not like they take a fucking bus. You have other fucking countries coming out saying they don't have the room. And here's the United States just sitting here like, well, you know, um, uh, why aren't you leading the call for ceasefire? Why aren't you telling them to cut it the fuck out? That's that's a problem. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yep. Ask yourself this here. Where are the UN peacekeepers? This is it. Where everybody go? Is everybody on break? Is the UN on break? Like, where's everybody the fuck at? Just today alone, there were riots in Ireland, Scotland, the UK, right? You even have Argentina coming talking about itself and the black genocide and saying, listen, this was our lived experience. You know, what did I just say? Latin America is standing up strong for Palestine. They go in hard. You have places like Argentina admitting it's black genocide. Do you see this? And here's America just sitting there chillaxing. What the fuck? Why aren't you saying, listen, nah, cut it out. Instead, here's what we're doing. Manny, what do you think? Yeah, no, um, you know, you're right, you know, uh, that I echo uh you know a point i said earlier right look at all these other countries that are getting involved you know involved um and that's whether it's contributing beneficially or or just contributing in violence uh and a negative uh, narrative that's that's being spread globally that's the thing that's that's what i'm trying to like get people to understand is like this is no longer uh like a, a controlled situation, so to speak, right? Like it's only affecting Israel and uh, Palestine, you know, relations, and then just that geographical location. No, this is this is spreading to other countries. Like other countries are very much getting involved in their own ways, right? There's things happening in other countries. So 
yeah, this is this is taking a, a different turn, right? Um, and that's that's what's making me weary, right? Um, as I pay attention to how everything is developing, right? I'm becoming more and more weary as to who is supporting, you know, which side. Um, you know, the, the distribution and, and sending of weapons and resources, right? Who's sending what? Where are they coming from? Um, because all it takes is one slip, right, from one outside country. And now you, you know, what happens then is, is the United Nations. Right, we talk about United Nations involvement, right? NATO and NATO alliance, um, and and that's pretty much quite literally the groundwork um, for a World War Three, right? Um, because if you have another country, you know, even one more, two more, that decide for whatever reason, you know, they want to actually get involved, right? Now, now what, right? Now, now there's pretty much no hold barred. Um, and again, like I said, that, that can happen in the blink of an eye. Um, so, you know, it's something that I'm definitely becoming much more weary about. Um, something I think really we should be, you know, paying attention to because, again, this can go from a very you know, uh, I'll say controlled, even though, again, not controlled situation to a global conflict. Manny, pull that thought right there because you see what you're saying? I love what you pointed out that it is on a world scale. And I just want to go back what was said about the border. That's the difference here. That's That's where, you know, it becomes a whole different story because you see, you have everybody talking, talking, talking. They're revving, they're revving, they're revving. Now they're going to go. And, you know, it's getting dangerous. The fact that he and his friends are sitting here having these conversations about being drafted, this shit is real. It's real. And best believe they know exactly who the fuck they want to draft. Who they want to dispose of first. That's how we feel about it. At least that's me. Right. And I feel like I need white people to get up and stand up and call for the ceasefire now because we're suffering already. This is a poor people war. Right. In my opinion, if you could sit here and look at this shit and still be, you know, happy about it and, and feel like pro Israel, something really wrong with you. These motherfuckers going on on fucking YouTube talking about make it like a landing strip. That's inhumane. Where the fuck is the UN? Where's everybody at? You know, three-fifths, what do you think? What should white people do? Well, I, I agree. I think I think that white people should just, you know, they, 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 they got to be like aliens. Anti-racist. Bottom line, if the white people are liberals, for me, I ain't got no, I ain't got no rap for them. If they're anti-racist, like a John Brown, like a Ted Wise, I can say I don't listen to them. And that's what we need. You know, we, we have to have more anti-racists, not liberals. Ooh, that's a big point. That's a huge point. Because you see, to call for that ceasefire, we can't have the liberals fucking that up. We really, really can't. And, and it is my opinion that one of the things white people could do right now, use your privilege and demand a ceasefire. March for that. Say, look, we, we're not with this. We don't want to see all these children you know, losing their families. Why are we so fucking obsessed with killing children and separating families, man? Stop the bloodshed. Have those conversations. Use your privilege for that. Right now, there are people who are losing, black and brown people losing jobs behind this shit. So this is why the fact that it is escalated now to a conversation about war in our community, that shit is fucking super real. Manny, what do you think white people could do or should do about this situation with Palestine? Yeah, no, I mean, we, we need, uh, there needs to be, 
a huge, huge, I mean, literally huge push for a ceasefire. This, this conflict is growing to the magnitude much faster than I think any of us, you know, could have fathomed it would, right? And the deaths are piling. The destruction is, in, in, I mean, increasing tenfold, right? There needs to be a push on a ceasefire. There really does, right? I mean, we can't, we cannot, we cannot afford for this conflict to endure, much less spread, right? I mean, we just can't. So there needs to be a push for a ceasefire. So whether that's you going to social media, whether that's you calling your legislators, right? You, I mean, holding those spaces and conversations, right? And getting people to come to a consensus, right? Even if you have to protest and rally, you know, for peace talks, whatever it is, right? Just the message of there needs to be a ceasefire. I appreciate that greatly. Well said. Amy, what do you think? What should white people do? What could they do better? Yeah, so um, do not accept an army with people being attacked. Um, If the Gaza Strip is leveled this weekend, which it looks like it's going to be, I hope people will be on TikTok watching first-hand accounts of Palestinian people, armyless people who are experiencing this and let that help you decide how you feel about this. Um, and we, uh, um, and we just have to make sure that we don't stand by and watch that that can't be what we do. Um, So speaking up as usual, but very specifically um, reminding our elected officials that this is an occupied armyless people. Citizens are being attacked. That is absolutely different than two armies going to war. Um, And so that really is at the center for me. Um, personally, so I I would hope that that would resonate with other people too. That perspective. Thank you, Amy. Three first before we close out. Any final thoughts? No, my final thought. Keep doing what you're doing, Manny. And also, there's a good book you get on Amazon, Jimmy Carter wrote a good book called Palestine, Peace, Not Apartheid. He was, believe it or not, Jimmy Carter was pro-Palestinian. Look it up. Thank you. Thank you for saying and sharing that. Yeah, he is pretty amazing. He's going to do some great things, Dr. Manny. Manny, before we close out, any final closing? Yeah, um, <laughs> thank you so much for the support. Um, yeah, uh, in a very, very um, tense time like this, uh, in a very scary time like this, because that's what it is. Um, I, th- I think we just we need to acknowledge the fear that comes with so much war and death. Um, in a time like this, we need to remain steadfast uh, in our resilience, in our dedication for the advancement of peace. Um, and, and, you know, yeah, there's going to be disagreements, um, but I, I like what CJ says, you know, even in disagreements, right? Something productive can come out of that. Um, So, yeah, people, you know, I think 
regardless of where you fall on this conflict, right? The most basic thing that we should be able to come together in agreement with is that war only brings death. And the death that we have seen, um, I just think about the children. And I think we can all agree that the children, right, are the most helpless victims of any war. And it is the most saddest thing to just think about that while you're here, wherever you are, you know, in your bed, in your office, in a building, wherever you are, there are children right now in bomb shelters. There are children who are hiding in their apartments, children who are seeking shelter in places that provide none, right? And seeing their family die and losing lives themselves. It's the most saddest thing. So, yes, I, I, I will continue to advocate for a ceasefire, continue to advocate for peace. Um, and besides that, you know, besides this conflict, just realize that there are so many problems here in this world. And conflicts like this are the result of when those problems go on for so long without any real actions being taken to try and resolve them before they reach this point. So that's what makes the work of people like CJ, people like Amy, people like Three Fifths, right? Uh, so valuable because we, on a daily basis, are trying to do everything we can, right, to solve and, and find resolutions to so many problems that are here in the world. Because we, 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 um, would never want to see those problems result uh, in conflicts like this, right? So, um, always remember that you have the power, the potential to do the changes that are necessary to enact the changes that we need to see in this world. Um, believe in yourself, encourage others, uh, encourage the message of unity. And uh, CJ, Amy, Three-Fifths, me, and so many others will be there on the front lines, continue doing the work that we do. Uh, time will tell just how much we can do. But I know there's so much more we can accomplish when we have people like you there with us. So, um, hey, here's to a better tomorrow. Thank you so much, Manny. We truly, truly, truly appreciate you. Amy, before we sign off, any closing? Uh, no. I, I think Manny covered, honestly, everything that I, I, I'm thinking and feeling. Um, he was talking about children. Um, I'm thinking about children and young adults um, in Israel and Palestine and especially Gaza. Um, and what they're going through right now and what their thoughts are. And, uh, you know, the privilege I have to sit here and talk about it um, and not feel the fear that they're feeling um, and to hopefully, um, yeah, I'm sorry. This is really rough. Um, it's okay. And just really hoping that at some point, like, humanitarian rises above everything else and people see what is happening to people. Um, and we put them first. Uh, yeah. And as always, thank you so much for having me here. Um, and uh, I, I love this panel tonight. Um, 
actually. And uh, yeah, thanks for having me. Thank you for being here. If you all don't mind, here's my closing thoughts um, before I sign off. I'll just like if you all can sit with us, all of us tuning in and with those in Gaza in Allah's name for a moment of silence. <laughs> 